Now, more than one in five British manufacturing companies are expected to lay off workers because of the country's decision to leave the European Union. That's according to an industry study published by The Observer yesterday. But that comes after UK manufacturing output is expanding at its fastest rate since early 2008, after recording a seventh consecutive month of growth in November. So what's going on? Well, I'm joined now by Nick Peters, who is the editorial director of the manufacturer but before we before we hear from you nick i believe we've got a musical interlude So, Nick, good morning. What was that song and why are we listening to it? Well, that was uh, written by Jimmy Nail, who you'll remember from uh, the grand old days of Alfida Zane Pet and many other productions. Yeah. Um, and that was a song he wrote to commemorate the, uh, the shipbuilding on the Tyne and the coal industry, the, the great behemoths of, uh, of industry of old, and the fact that it was all being killed off in the deindustrialization of the 80s. That song was actually written in the 90s. Um, and it was, it's a song of quiet despair and quiet hope. And it says that we will come back, we will fight again, we'll revive. And of course, they have. I mean, up in the Northeast, you've got these fantastic automotive uh, companies, Nissan, Toyota, building these huge plants in Sunderland and around the Northeast. Uh, and the area has regenerated. But the reason I suggested we play that is that the, the, the narrative of decline that that song contains has not really been shifted, even though a quarter of a century later, manufacturing has, has changed radically. We have a sort of William Blake view of manufacturing in this country of dark satanic mills. And it's almost as if people don't want to consider manufacturing as a career because they have been sold the, I would call it uh, a, a mis misconception, that this country's future depends on financial services and the service sector, which is what Margaret Thatcher said in the 1980s. But isn't there also... Well, isn't there also a perception that we're just not very good at it? The Germans are really good at manufacturing, at engineering. We can never compete with the Germans, so why even try? Well, number one, we have to make things. A, a, a country, an economy that doesn't make things, that, you, that can have value added to them, is going to be in real trouble. So the fact is, you, know, you, you must have a manufacturing sector. We must export and indeed, currently, manufacturing accounts for 44% of UK exports. But the thing is, we're actually very good. Uh, why do you think BMW uh, builds the Mini in Oxford? It could build it elsewhere. I know that it's a, a, an iconic British brand, and that has something to do with it. But the fact is, the German company BMW is delighted with the way that uh, uh, Minis are turned out in Oxford. Nissan and Toyota didn't set up in the UK for their own health. Yes, indeed, they did set up as a decent bridgehead into the EU, which, of course, is turning into a mighty problem. 
But the fact is they did it because they knew that we had a good workforce. The unions chipped in and did their part to create good relations. And everything's going really well. And at a smaller level, we are very innovative. We, I mean, Britain has not lost that spirit that drove the Industrial Revolution. But again... What, we are, what you... we're not so good at, and let me just finish this point, what we're not so good at is seeing, um, is creating a, a proper industrial landscape, economic landscape for industry to thrive. And I believe we're a bit of a get-rich-quick kind of uh, trading nation mentality where people want to start things... <clears throat> flog him off to the highest bidder and start something else. But um, that, that was my but, point. That was my point, Nick. We're very good at coming up with interesting, innovative ideas. And then those ideas are exploited and grown and developed in other countries. Indeed. And I, that, that, it's, it's what we call the, the, the gulf. It's the gulf between our genius for create, creativity, innovation uh, and engineering. Very good engineering. But poor management... Uh, in the middle, that sees uh, other people come in and exploit it far better. I would say that uh, in, in this country, our, the, the quality of our, our management and middle management is very poor, and other countries take it far more seriously. Uh, and also, entrepreneurial growth is fantastic, but when entrepreneurs are looking to flog it and uh, start again, you don't get the growth of the big companies. And that's why the GKN thing was so sad. We talked about it the other night. A big company, uh, which is now going to be split up into lots of little companies and flogged off. Now, I've got five manufacturing myths in front of me here, Nick. I think myth one is manufacturing is unimportant. I think you've already answered why it is actually still important for the UK. Manufacturing is dirty and unhealthy, I mean, again, that doesn't really make sense when you think about things like the pharmaceuticals industry, does it? And then your third, well, the third one is manufacturing is poorly paid. I mean, that, that is true, isn't it? It is poorly paid. No, it's not. Uh, the, the mean annual gross pay in manufacturing is about £31,500. That's well above the national average of 27600 And it's, it's, uh, it's what people have been told down the years. You know, in order to get a good career, you've got to go to university. Tony Blair said in 1998 that, we, uh, that every, 50% of, the, of uh, school leavers must go to university. It's a way of uh, uh, improving social mobility. And what happened was that apprenticeships fell off a cliff, vocational training fell off a cliff, further education and technical colleges were closed. And what that meant was that a whole raft of people whose lives were more suited to the honorable a career of, of technical and engineering, um, found themselves with nowhere to go. That is now being changed. But as a result, we have got a shortage between now and 25 of 20,000 engineers a year that we cannot find. That means there is a premium in the market, a pay premium for people who can do engineering and technical stuff. And that means it's a fantastic career to go into. So no, manufacturing is not poorly paid. Um, new factories are, you, you, can, you can eat your dinner off the McLaren factory in Woking, uh, off the floor there, because it's so clean. Uh, manufacturing has transformed itself, and it's, uh, it's a really wonderful place to work, particularly now so much of it is run along IT lines. I mean, IT has really revolutionized manufacturing in this country. Uh, so it's a bright future for, for young people. 
Just going back to that topic of universities you raised, a lot of people started going to university who in previous times wouldn't have done so. I accept that's a big problem. That was a mistake, really, by Tony Blair and John Major. But is there also an issue when you look at, say, the the 20% of the population who would have gone to university anyway, pre-Tony Blair, pre-John Major? Are too many of that 20% doing art subjects, not enough doing engineering, not enough doing physics, which are who are people who could then contribute to manufacturing having been to university yes uh, yes <laughs> yes and yes and it's uh, it's what is fascinating <clears throat> pardon me is that uh, apprenticeships nowadays have become quite sophisticated courses you can you can go uh, to to, uh, to to join a company's apprenticeship program and then the company will pay the young person to go on and get a degree all paid for no debt uh, the um, EEF, the Engineering Employers Federation, which is really the sort of manufacturer's lobby group, they call it the £100,000 question. If a young person goes into uh, an apprenticeship de- uh, degree program, they can be paid while they're training, while they're going to university. They don't have any debt. If you add up all the extra pay and the debt they don't have and compare it with somebody who goes to uni, comes out with debt and then tries to find a job, it's a hundred thousand pounds better off, and it's uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic what's happening these days. The difficulty is not enough young women are, are joining the professions, uh, the the engineering profession. And uh, that, that is something that's being very heavily targeted at the moment. So that was another, another of your myths. Manufacturing is no place for women. Is the, the lack of women in manufacturing, is that a cultural thing where, where women aren't encouraged to go into manufacturing or, or it's seen as unfeminine? Yeah, it, it, it's very much so. And, and part of the issue is that young children, boys and girls, have the same approach to life. They, they're all, they all want to problem solve. There's a wonderful school uh, called Road Heath near Stoke-on-Trent uh, where they, they have a, a – it's, it's mandatory, actually. The, the young children at six years old, they're told to think like an engineer. And they are, they're brought up solving problems – um, creating and mending things. Um, but what happens around about sort of 11, 12, 13, 14, young girls in the, in the education system, are, are, there, there is a, a kind of unconscious bias, I suppose you'd call it, and they, they find it easier to go into art subjects and going down STEM subjects. And, of course, now that we've got a woman as, head of the, uh, as president of the Royal Academy of Engineering, We've got lots of very uh, powerful women in CEO roles in manufacturing, like Carol Burke at Unipart. It, we've got a real um, tide, a, a real pressure growing uh, that's actually going to encourage a lot more young women. I've spoken to lots of young women engineers in factories, and they say, you know what, I, I wish we could just be described as engineers and not women's engineers. One even said to me, I really look forward to the day when there's a queue for the ladies' loo because, <laughs> because they really do want um, and, and see the opportunity. It's a, it's a great opportunity for young women and young men, of course, uh, to join uh, good companies and get good careers in engineering. And, uh, and we, we can only hope that this starts to pay off because Nick, you know, one, one of the ways we're going to fill the skills gap is to get more young women in there. 
I think we've lost Nick. I can't hear Nick. Hello? Oh, hello, Nick. We lost you there, I'm afraid. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Um, But we were running out of time anyway, Nick. Very good to hear from you. Very interesting to knock those five myths. And manufacturing is important. It is a place for women. It is well paid. It is clean. And it is not just for less academic people. Nick, thank you very much for joining me. That was Nick Peters, editorial director of The Manufacturer. It's now eight minutes to 11 here on Love Sport.